0: So we've got Andrew's going to be speaking, uh, to us now. You might have noticed he's not in the building. So he's, um, I'm going to bring him on screen in a minute. He's actually over in Hampshire right now. So I'll let him explain, uh, where he is. Let's bring you up on camera, Andrew. Here we go. Great. Thanks, Chris. There I am. Hi. There he is. Great. Do you want to explain, uh, where are you? Tell us where you are.
1: Yeah. So Rebecca and I, um, just we have come to bubble with my parents for a little while i'll explain a bit more as i as i talk but um yeah zoe wasn't wasn't doing great sleeping wise and there are a few other things that were were piling up that meant uh we we needed a bit of extra support so we've been here for a couple of weeks coming back to bristol in the middle of this week but that's um yeah that's why why we're here
0: great well it's so good you can still join us and um lovely to have you here i'm going to pop you onto full screen so we get more of andrew um, and we'll say more of the Holy Spirit as well. So, Lord, as Andrew please. speaks to us, please come and uh, inspire us, and lead us, and shape us. We love you, and we we orient ourselves, we point ourselves towards you. Now, Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks, Chris. Well, it's it's great to be with you. It's sad not to be in the building, but um, great that I can still still speak and share. Um this this is the last uh, week in our series looking through the book of James, and James has taken us through through winter, really. It's taken us through from the new year, from January, right through until now on the cusp of spring. And it's a letter that uh, was written to the church that was suffering, that was under deep persecution, that was in a challenging time in its life. And in many ways, it's the perfect letter for us as we've had to be enduring, you know, a, a challenging season. The lockdown that we've been in, the, the and lockdown in winter that's been even harder. So it's been a timely word to us as a church, to us as people. And I wanted to start by, by thanking all the people who've contributed and spoken in the series so far, because it's been, it's been amazing and excellent. The, the, the things that have been shared. And for me personally, listening to the different talks and the different people speaking, it's been just so encouraging and inspiring and humbling to see how uh, how much a God narrative there is in the bread and butter day-to-day life of our church family of hope. People. And so, uh, you know, especially hearing from people who haven't spoken at Hope before, uh, Aaron speaking for the first time, Rachel Peregrine speaking for the first time, Paul Bryn speaking for the first time, Sam Lindo speaking for the first time, we're hugely thankful to you four for sharing and and really wanted to encourage you for just how how and um, good you are at speaking, but but above just your gifting of how clearly God used you and spoke through you to counsel and comfort and guide us as a church. So thank you. Thanks also to uh, sorry Charlie Karen also was his first time um, speaking on a Sunday, and, and as I knew he would. Uh, just bringing a, a message of real humility, but also of authority as well. Uh, he's a fantastic speaker and, and I'm sure we'll hear, hear more of him. Paul Golf was sharing as well. And as, as, as always, he was, uh, He really did open our eyes to the scriptures. And I thought Alice's uh, talk last week was exceptional, really, really exceptional. So we've been so blessed by the variety of voices that we've had. And I really do recommend that you listen back, tune into the different sections, because whilst we break down the letter into different chunks, really, there's one narrative and one message. And the message of James that different people have been exploring is, is all about how to thrive in the midst of suffering, how to thrive in the midst of persecution and for me I, I i put myself down to to kind of bring the series to a close a long time ago and, and as uh, as as i came closer to this sunday i really didn't want to speak it, it's been quite a, it's been a really challenging time for me personally over the past two weeks my anxiety has been was triggered by a complication with our building work at home that that we're trying to plan and um so i wasn't sleeping very well and i i basically got emotionally overwhelmed i i kind of realized that my emotional capacity had been exceeded and uh, in some ways i kind of shut down in terms of uh my i kind of could only think about the very basic things in front of me and, and wasn't a very useful uh, person to have around the home for rebecca so thank you rebecca for putting up with me and continuing to do so and so it, it in many ways, I can't, it really not my confidence. It's, it's made me feel quite, um, vulnerable. But as I read the last section of, um, James's letter, I realized that actually this is exactly what God's been teaching me and, and surprise, surprise that, that it, it's been particularly pertinent and relevant for me at this time. So, um, that's why we're with my parents. I'm doing much better. Uh, And and in in a very good space. But it's been it's been tough. It's been tough. But anyway, let me read James 5 verses 7 to 20. And uh, and then I just want to pick out a few key verses that I want to give us a space to reflect before. uh, Right at the end, what I'd like to do, I'd actually like to read the whole letter of James out loud as it probably would have been received by the church at the time because it would have been written as one piece and probably read out loud to the church. So that's how I want to finish the series. But first, let me read this little last section that we've not looked at yet, which is James chapter five from verse seven to verse 20. I'll I'll pray and then we'll just look at a few things from there and go from there. So here we go. Verse seven of James chapter five. Be patient, then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is, there, is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make them well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crop. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring them back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the way of error will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So in the very first talk of this series, Alice uh, did a great job of giving us an overview of the book of James. And one of the things that she helped us to see is that there's a, a kind of mirroring pattern to the book. And it and it ends really reflecting as it begins in James chapter one and um, says, you know, uh, well, let's let's have a little look at it. But effectively, it's calling the church that James is writing to to consider it pure joy. This is verse two of chapter one. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because, you know, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So the letter is framed around a church that is needing to persevere. And in this last section of the letter, I think James gives us some keys as to how we can persevere well. The whole letter has been given us keys, but he summarizes some of them here. And what's interesting is how he highlights some of the themes he's gone through earlier in the book as he finishes his letter. So the first thing to say, verse seven, really, is to try and put our suffering in context. And the context is always that God has a eternal plan, that Jesus is returning, that at his return, injustice, pain, evil will cease, that pure uh, peace, righteousness, uh, health will be restored and renewed on the earth. And in light of that story, our suffering takes a different place because it, and I, and I don't say this lightly, but it, it kind of matters or it's less of a big deal. Maybe that's a better way to say it. So for me personally, as, as, you know, I, I've been getting stressed by this unforeseen issue that, that we had with our building work and it really, really got me stressed. And if I'd been able to put it in the context of the eternal story of God, the fact that there's a mission of God to renew and restore all of creation, then you begin to realize that actually this building thing Doesn't even matter that much. Yes, it's important to God. And and that's not a case of us having to suppress and deny something, but it just puts it in its proper place. We don't diminish the thing we're struggling with, but we just put it next to the greatness and the glory of the eternal story of God. And this actually is the same for all kinds of suffering, even to the extreme of perhaps terminal illness. That ultimately, when we put it in context of the eternal story, it does it does not rob us of the possibility of joy of knowing that Jesus is returning, that there is a that that is the end of the story, not our suffering. And that's the first thing that James encourages his readers to do is put your suffering in context. And it's hard to do. It's really hard to do. And James doesn't want us to deny our suffering or hide from it. But there is a proper place for it, which is next door to the far greater, gracious, eternal plan of God that is unfolding, that we are just a little, little part of so the first thing is put your suffering in context try and remind yourself of the bigger story but he gives us three keys of how we can live day to day in and persevere in a time of suffering well in this first section so the first thing we can do and this is something actually silas crawley has been encouraging me uh, a number of times with is he says it in verse 8 you to be patient and stand firm stand firm. Some translations say, make your heart steadfast. And what that means is effectively make yourself immovable. Stand firm. Don't let yourself be pushed around by what you're facing from a belief point of view. Just go, actually, this is where I stand. I'm not being moved. And something interesting about stand firm is you don't need to take ground. You don't necessarily need to be on the offensive. You don't need to go and win your battles. You just need to stand firm. You need to not be pushed. Elsewhere in Scripture, it says if you stand firm, the devil will flee. So the first thing to do in the midst of suffering is stand firm, stand on truth, stand on the truth of who God is, your history with him, your narrative with him. You don't have to think about trying to make progress right now. Just stand firm and be patient. The second thing is, is watch how you talk. Rachel Peregrine did an amazing talk on the power of the tongue and Paul Golf referenced that that passage as well. in his brilliant talk. But be careful how you talk in the midst of suffering, not just about your suffering, but also to other people whilst you are suffering. A couple of weeks ago, when I was in the midst of this kind of quite um, stressed and an- anxious place, I took, uh, we were round at my parents in law's because we were bubbling with them at the time. And I took Zoe for a walk to try and get her to sleep. Uh, Zoe's my four month old daughter, four and a half month old daughter. And she just screamed and screamed and screamed and screamed. And it really, it just got inside my head. I went back to their home because I thought, I can't, I can't be dealing with this. And I walked into the lounge where Rebecca and her parents were. And Rebecca's mum said, Oh, has she not slept? And, and I, and I came out with a very sarcastic response. I said something like, um, uh, what does it look like to you? And immediately regretted it because, you know, I was, I was basically taking my, uh, my stress out on her. I wasn't guarding my tongue. And I thought, you know, just one little moment, just like James says, one little spark, one little uncontrolled sentence, you know, really could have started a, could have done a lot of damage. And it's not excusable, no matter what we're facing, to lose control of how we speak. And it's actually really important that we keep a harness on the words that we say, even if we're going through a really tough time. Fight hard to control and guard your tongue. The third thing that James says from verse 12, above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear by heaven or earth or by anything else. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Keep it simple. It's really it's really tempting when we're in a in, in a tricky situation to try to find our own way out of it by hook or by crook. And what happens is we begin to create a complicated kind of agreement or bartering with God or with people or with ourselves to try and bring bring relief to our suffering. But James is saying, no, keep it simple. Keep it pure. Keep to the narrow path. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't compromise. Don't try and find your own solution. As Paul was saying, don't resort to, to, to wisdom of the flesh. But the wisdom from above is pure, simple, one thing. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And then we come on to this lovely section, verse 13 onwards. And really, this is about engaging with what you are facing, but engaging with God in the midst of what you're going through. So is anyone among you in trouble? This is verse 13. Let them pray. Are you struggling? Pray about it. Are you happy? Praise God for it. Are you ill? Ask people to pray for you. James is saying no matter what you're going through, do something about it. Engage your faith in relation to your circumstance. Engage and practice your faith in relation to your circumstance. And the last thing I want to say is from verse 16. I, I, I know I'm just, I'm just picking out little bits from the scripture, but I hope something, something sticks. Verse 16. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We love to quote that second half. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and rightly so. It's good, but let's not forget the first half. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. I want to say to us today as a church, when we're in the midst of suffering, do not forget the power of confession and prayer. Now, the confession of sin is not about telling people all of the mistakes which we've made uh, just because we need to tell them confession is about actually letting go of things that are holding us back bringing light into situations where the darkness is trying to keep us hidden and contained when we confess you know when i speak to charlie and dylan who 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 are my four although there are three of us but you know and, and I say, look, these are the things I've been struggling with. These are the thoughts. These are the beliefs. This is the anger. This is the stress. This is the anxiety. This is the gaps in my theology. When I read in the Psalms where it says, you know, the, the righteous do not fear any bad news because they confidently trust that God will care for them. I read that and I go, that is not me. I fear bad news. So I mustn't trust that God cares for me. I'm confessing sin and sin is just when we are distant from God. And the reason that we confess is so that we can be healed, so that we can be restored. To right thinking right relationship back to our original design so confession is not about um, condemning ourselves or feeling bad confession is an empowering act of bringing other people into the middle of our situation so they can help us to come out of it we bring god into the middle of our situation so he can bring us out of it so i want to say to you make sure you are talking to people about the things you are struggling with Make sure you are talking to people about the things you are struggling with and pray with them. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And righteousness does not mean we're doing the right things necessarily. Righteousness means that we are with God, the righteous one. So and then we just see what prayer can do. And let's build our faith for what prayer can do. Elijah prayed and it stopped raining for three and a half years. Be careful what you pray for. I don't want you to go pray in a drought on this country. Be careful because Elijah prayed in three and a half years, no rain. And then he prayed again and it rained. Sometimes when you're in the middle of suffering, sometimes in the middle of my frustration and stress and anxiety, I don't think prayer does anything. I, 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 I struggle to believe it. But James says, don't give up. Don't stop believing in prayer because it does it is powerful and effective even if we can't see why it is powerful and effective so those are some little keys from the last little bits of james I know I flew through that or or just highlighted a few things. But one of the things that I've found myself doing whilst I've been struggling in the past couple of weeks emotionally is just trying to get headphones on and and getting worship music into my ears to try and get me into a place of connection with God where I can see um, light from dark, things like that. and, And I want us to have a chance to and reflect on the whole series but really to do what James says at the end there that if we're in trouble to pray if we're happy let's praise if we're ill to get people to pray for us and I want to, during during this song that I'm going to play it's about five minutes long I want you to do exactly what James says if you're in if, if you're struggling I want you to pray during this song I want you to listen to God and pray if you're in a good place I want you to praise I want you to sing I want you to just give thanks if you're ill I want you to text some people and say hey would you pray for me and I want you to pray for healing for yourself okay so we're going to listen to this song for five minutes and then when that's done i'm going to read the whole of the book of james i'd love you to read it with me but let's um let me pray for us and then we'll uh have a time to reflect to this song okay so father thank you for the book of james thank you that it was written to a church uh, in trial And that we are people who are sometimes in trial. Thank you that James speaks to us, that reaches from years gone past and still impacts us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you use the message in James to grow us and change us. Thank you that we can consider it joy when we suffer because we know that it matures our faith. And Father, as we have this space now... I pray that you would speak to us, that you would bring us to a place of intimacy with you. Would you remind us that we are we are grafted in to be one with you. There is no space between us that that needs to be there. So, Lord, would you speak to us now as we listen to this? So one minute while I just get that set up. So pray, worship, do whatever you do. Here we go. that's not working. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Sorry, everybody. Didn't quite work there. Let's try again. Great. So, listen to this and let's see where we go. Whoa.
2: In my weakest side, yeah. you get your ring, you're enough for yeah, me. You can have it all Leave nothing behind There's nothing I had That you didn't provide I taste it And I've tasted and seen The fullness of Christ Without your mercy How could I survive? And you get the glory You get the glory All glory, we give you all the glory. All the glory, we give you all the glory. All the glory, you can have it all. Leave nothing behind, there's nothing I have that you didn't provide, and I've tasted and seen. I the sea, I feel Everything I need is in you. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need is in you, God. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need is in you. Everything. Everything
1: Okay well I hope that all came through. So what I want to do now to to round up is to just read James, the book of James to you. If you've got your Bibles open read it with me at home. Uh, I think it's good for us to do this just to read scripture out loud and then I'll pray and hand over to Chris. So James here we go. James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Those who doubt should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. They are double minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade even while they go about their business. Blessed are those who persevere under trial, because when they have stood the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, uh, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each of you is tempted when you are dragged away by your own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry, because our anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Those who listen to the word but do not do what it says are like people who look at their faces in a mirror and after looking at themselves, go away and immediately forget what they look like. But those who look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is longer than I thought it was, but it's still good to do. Chapter two. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose someone comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor person in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the one wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the one who's poor, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom? He promised those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich who are exploiting you. Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. But if you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I think I've mispredicted the timing here. So what I would love to do uh, is for you to read the whole book of James out loud at home when you get more than 10 minutes (laughs) when you have 20 minutes do that so i'm sorry it's a bit longer than i thought it was Uh, but i didn't want to miss a chance to pray um reading scripture out loud is good but remember it takes uh, a bit of time so read it when you get the chance out loud please today i'll do it as well um but let me pray for us and i'll hand back to chris sorry i don't have the stamina there hey ho Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for the book of James. Thank you for this series. Thank you for the wisdom from above that has been shared by the various speakers and inputters. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us how to consider it pure joy to uh, to suffer that you teach us how to control our tongues even in hard times that you'd help us to keep uh, living in a pure simple yes or no way with the wisdom that comes from above father would you help us to be encouraged by the stories of the prophets who persevered under suffering would you help us to remember the power of prayer from the stories of such as elijah when he caused a, da- a drought So, Lord, we invite you to remind us of the words of James as we live our lives going forwards. Would we remember that there is peace always available, that you've given us what we need, that all we need is found in you. Jesus, come and be with us. Amen. Chris, over to you, my friend.
0: Thanks so much, Andrew. Thank you. I thought I was impressed with your stamina doing the whole thing. I was like, ooh, it feels a lot. It really does feel do a lot. At a time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Next
0: time. <laughs> That's good though. It's good. Great. Thank you. We're going to come into land there and finish our live stream. I've just posted the link to Zoom. Um, we'd love to have you join us. And if you're new, um, you know, if you're just joining us at Hope, then you're really welcome. Uh, do pop up in Zoom as well. Uh, we'd love to, we'd love to say hello. And um, we've also got these in person. Probably going to be have a good, a smaller Good Friday gathering here. And then on Easter day, we'll, we'll have a, um, probably slots you can sort of book into and come around in groups will be the, will be the plan, a bit like for Carol service. So again, that'll be another chance. If you're, if you're new and we haven't yet met you in person, we'd so love to do that. Um, so thanks for being with us. Uh, great to worship together, isn't it? In this humble, simple, um, but profound and earth shattering, uh, life that is a, a life of following jesus the king of kings who who lived on earth and and now lives in us which is extraordinary okay we'll finish there and uh, great to be with you